We are now in the second study of this subject in the book of Proverbs on deceit, lies, the use of our mouth. We pick it up at chapter 13, verses 2 and 3. 13, 2. From the fruit of a man's mouth he enjoys good, but the desire of the treacherous is violence. The one who guards his mouth preserves his life. The one who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. The man's mouth will either produce good or violence, verse 2. And if we preserve our mouth, verse 3, it produces life. If we open wide our mouth, we blabber and jabber and say things that are from within, from the flesh. We open wide our mouth, we come to ruin. Verse 5, 5. A righteous man hates falsehood, but a wicked man acts disgustingly and shamefully. Righteous men hate falsehood. If people love falsehood, it doesn't bother them, it doesn't provoke them, then we have to ask, are they righteous? A righteous man hates falsehood, but a wicked man acts disgustingly and shamefully. That is, he loves falsehood. He doesn't hate it. And in his love of falsehood, he is disgusting and shameful. 14, chapter 14, verse 3. 14, 3. In the mouth of the foolish is a rod for his back, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. The foolish deserve to be beaten by rods on the back. A foolish man deserves to be beaten on his back. 14.5. A faithful witness will not die, but a false witness speaks lies. How do we know if we are dealing with a faithful or false witness? It depends on what he's saying, whether it's true or a lie. If it's a lie, it's not coming from a faithful witness. If it's a lie, it is coming from a false witness. No matter what the people say, they may claim to be true witnesses, faithful witnesses, but if they're lying, then they are a false witness. Chapter 14 and verses 7 and 8. 7. Leave the presence of a fool or you will not discern words of knowledge. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. In verse 7, we are instructed to leave the presence of a fool. When a fool is speaking, he is spewing things that are untrue. And we shouldn't stay there and tolerate it if we're not refuting it. We should leave it. And to a point, we listen and figure out, this man is a liar. And we have to walk away. Don't listen to him at all. Because if we do stay in his presence, we will not be able to discern words of knowledge. Then verse 8, what do fools practice? Deceit. They practice deceit. The folly of fools is Deceit. They cannot tell the truth. 14, 
22. Will they not go astray who devise evil? But kindness and truth will be to those who devise good. Devisers of evil go astray. Those who devise good, who plan for good, have kindness and truth with them. 1425. 1425. A truthful witness saves lives, but he who speaks lies is treacherous. Truthful witnesses, faithful witnesses, are saving lives. Why? Because lies destroy souls. And when we consider this, that when people are lying, they're actually destroying souls, it should cause us to put an end to it. Because he who speaks lies is treacherous. They are traitors and betrayers. 15, 15, 1 and 2. 15, 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spouts folly. Verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. This verse is actually distorted many times. Because when there is anger or wrath that arouses, they say the speaker did not speak a gentle word. He spoke a harsh word, therefore it stirred up anger. But what does he mean in 15.1? What is gentle and what is harsh? Your Bibles may have a footnote for verse 1 that takes you to 1 Samuel 25. 1 Samuel 25 is the incident of Nabal rejecting the messengers of David who were appealing to him for some food. He rejected them with a harsh word, and it made David angry, so angry that he was ready to kill everybody in Nabal's household. Abigail put a stop to it because she interceded. She interceded, she intervened, and she told David, no, what you're doing isn't right, and I didn't know that you sent messengers. But now I have come, here is some food, and we know eventually you're going to become the king. That's what she told him. Who was being gentle in that passage? Abigail, toward David. Who was speaking a harsh word, stirring up anger? Nabal, her husband, against David's messengers and David himself. That's just one example of what it means to be gentle, biblically speaking, and what it means to be harsh, biblically speaking. But people say, if anger or wrath result, it must have been a harsh word, a sinfully harsh word that should never have been spoken. But the Bible doesn't look at it that way. From Genesis to Revelation, the Bible calls a spade a spade. So if you're calling something a spade, you're calling something a gorilla, you're calling something a monster, you're calling something a snake, you're not speaking a harsh word, you're telling the truth. That's not the definition of harsh word according to Scripture. Verse 2, the tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable. Remember, we saw this word before. Makes knowledge acceptable, but the mouth of fools spouts folly. Acceptable knowledge is biblical knowledge. 
That's what we should speak. Not the flesh, because the fools spout folly from the flesh, their own flesh. 15, verse 4. 15, 4. A soothing tongue is a tree of life, but perversion in it crushes the spirit. Thus far in our study of Proverbs, what do you suppose a soothing tongue is? Truthful tongue. A truthful, faithful tongue that refuses lies, refuses deception. Lies and deception equal perversion, according to verse 4. Perversion crushes the spirit. Actually, in Isaiah 59, 4, the prophet says that they... They trust in confusion and speak lies. Lies breed confusion. It demoralizes people. It crushes the spirit, the spirit of those who want to know what's right, who want to know the truth, who just want the evidence presented to them so that they can make their own decision as to what's going on. But they refuse it. 15, 14. 15, 14. The mind of the intelligent seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on folly. What is it, what does it require here to be intelligent, biblically intelligent, if we seek God's knowledge? But to be biblically unintelligent or to be biblically ignorant means you are feeding on folly. You're feeding something. Your mouth is saying something. It's either true biblically or it's untrue. 15.26 Evil plans are an abomination to the Lord, but pleasant words are pure. What are these pleasant words that are pure? They must be truthful words. The truthful word is a pleasant word that is true. But unpleasant words make evil plans, and unpleasant evil plans are an abomination to the Lord. 15.28 The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. The heart of the righteous ponders, contemplates, meditates, waits. They figure, try to figure out what's actually going on here and how does the Bible address what's happening. When the issues of life arise, then the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer to those issues of life. But not the mouth of the wicked. It pours out evil things. It's like a broken faucet that is spouting and bursting forth with water and it's making everything wet and drenching everything and ruining whatever is all around it. But not the righteous. 16, chapter 16, verse 6. 16, 6. By loving kindness and truth, iniquity is atoned for, and by the fear of the Lord, one keeps away from evil. Loving kindness and truth are necessary for iniquity to be atoned for. Truth, the truth of the word. And the truth 
of what is truly loving kindness. These, are, these two, loving kindness and truth, are actually embodied in one person, ideally, in Christ. He embodies both love and truth so that we should repeat the way he behaved in every situation. Because whatever he did was in love and whatever he did was truthful, culminating in his death on the cross for our sins. 16.10, a divine decision is in the lips of the king. His mouth should not err in judgment. The king is under the authority of God. So he needs to be careful about whatever he says. Because whatever he says, like Romans 13, it should be in accordance with the will of God. Otherwise, he's a transgressor. 1623. 1623. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth and adds persuasiveness to his lips. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth. Because our hearts have been regenerated, because they are tender, because the Holy Spirit dwells in us, he teaches us what to say. And this persuasiveness, he's not talking about eloquence. He's not talking about being skilled in speech. He's not talking about being winsome and charming. That's not what persuasiveness means here. Persuasiveness here has to do with knowing what the Word of God says in the situation. Chapter 16 and verses 27 to 28. 27. A worthless man digs up evil, while his words are as a scorching fire. A worthless man, a son of the devil, he is digging up evil. His words are as a scorching fire. Remember that James said in James 3, James chapter 3, verse 6, that the tongue is set on fire by hell. 28, a perverse man spreads strife and a slanderer separates intimate friends. Slanderers separate intimate friends. Not truth tellers, not truthful witnesses. Slanderers do that. And he is perverse because by separating intimate friends, he's spreading strife. Verse 30, he who winks his eyes does so to devise perverse things. He who compresses his lips brings evil to pass. When we see people winking and compressing the lips, we know something is amiss. We know there's something that is devious happening. Something sinister is going on when people wink and compress the lips. Usually it's done on the side. Usually it's done in the corner. Usually it's done in the dark. Usually nobody else can hear. Usually they say it very softly, if they say. But they signal to each other. 17, 17, verse 4. An evildoer listens to wicked lips. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. 
We may never want to categorize ourselves as evildoers and liars, but we are evildoers and liars if we listen to wicked lips, if we listen to a destructive tongue. If we listen to them, then we are evildoers and liars. 17.7. Excellent speech is not fitting for a fool, much less are lying lips to a prince. Excellent speech. Excellent meaning excellent in virtue, just like the excellent wife in chapter 31. Excellent in virtue. Excellent speech is not fitting for a fool. So fools won't have virtue in, on their lips. 17, verse 20, 1720. He who has a crooked mind finds no good, and he who is perverted in his language falls into evil. Perverted language, falsehood in our language, we fall into evil. 1727, 1727 to 28. He who restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Even a fool, when he keeps silent, is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is counted prudent. Restraining our words, like 1019 told us, when there are many words, transgression is unavoidable. But he who restrains his lips is wise. But if we restrain our words then we have knowledge. We're acting according to biblical knowledge. And when we do speak, we'll speak biblical knowledge, which is accompanied by a cool spirit. You, to have restraint means you have to have a cool spirit and not be a hot spirit or a hot head, as we say, who just bursts forth whatever he wants to say. Then verse 28. Did you know that Many people who are actually fools never are labeled fools. And that's actually, superficially, it's a good thing. They are fools, but because they kept quiet, the people who notice that they kept quiet considers them wise. They're actually fools, but they are considered wise because they kept quiet. Wise and prudent. 18.4, chapter 18, verse 4. The words of a man's mouth are deep waters. The fountain of wisdom is a bubbling brook. So where are we going to find the deep waters and the bubbling brook that is full of life? In the Bible. And that should be on the lips of our mouths. 18.6, 18.6 and 7. A fool's lips bring strife, and his mouth calls for blows. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are the snare of his soul. Let's also read 8, verse 8. The words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels, and they go down into the innermost parts of the body. Firstly, in verse 6, when the fool speaks, he brings about strife, sinful strife, divisiveness. And he deserves 
to be struck for his lips and strife. He deserves to be beaten. Verse 7, a fool's mouth is his ruin and his lips are the snare of his soul. His soul is in jeopardy. His soul will go to hell for having ruin in the mouth, for having evil in the mouth. And also, these words of a whisper are like dainty morsels. They go down into the innermost parts of the body. They go down in the, in the innermost parts of the body where the wicked heart are. The wicked heart and the wicked words work together. So if wicked words come out, it shows that his core, his inner man, is wicked itself. 1820, 1820. With the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the product of his lips. What is this fruit that comes out of our mouth that will be satisfying to us? The righteous word of God. 191, better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than he who is perverse in speech and is a fool. It's good to be poor and honest rather than to be perverse in our speech. 195195 A false witness will not go unpunished and he who tells lies will not escape. Well, when will the liar and the false witness be punished? They will not escape the day of judgment. 19.9, A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who tells lies will perish. Will perish. Those who believe in the Son shall not perish, but have eternal life. But these will perish, because they're not saved by the death of Christ. 19.22, 1922, 19 and verse 22. We'll come across more of these statements on kindness or loyalty. What is desirable in a man is his kindness or loyalty. And it is better to be a poor man than a liar. Here, this is similar to verse 1. It's good to have loyalty or kindness and be poor. Those two together are better than being a liar. Do we believe that? 1928. 1928. A rascally witness makes a mockery of justice and the mouth of the wicked spreads iniquity. What's a rascally witness? A devious witness, a liar, a false witness. He's a rascal. And what he does makes a mockery of justice. Everyone going to the courtroom presumably, ostensibly, wants the truth announced. That's the way it's supposed to be, to get to the bottom of a crime. But when there's a rascally witness, he's making a mockery of justice and spreading iniquity. 
Chapter 20, chapter 20, verse 17. 20, 17. Bread obtained by falsehood is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth will be filled with gravel. God will fill the mouth of a liar. He'll fill his mouth with gravel on the day of judgment. Who wants to eat gravel? Nobody wants to eat gravel. But God will make him eat gravel on the day of judgment. Because during this life, he obtained his bread, his money, by falsehood. And it was sweet to him. Sweet bread. He's thinking. But no, in the end, he's going to be eating gravel on the day of judgment. 20 verse 19. He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a gossip. Slanderers and gossips have nothing to do with them. Chapter 20 and verse 23. 23. Differing weights are an abomination to the Lord, and a false scale is not good. Remember, we said in the first lesson that the differing weights and the false scale the seller of the product, the seller of the vegetables or the fruit or whatever the item, he has to tell the customer what the weight is and how, what the price is. But he could be lying about it. And therefore, he is an abomination to the Lord. 20, 20 and verse 28. Verse 28. Loyalty and truth preserve the king, and he upholds his throne by righteousness. This word loyalty, it's the same that we saw earlier in chapter 19, 19, Same here in 20, verse 28. Loyalty or kindness. And truth. Preserve the king. 21, now chapter 21. 21, verse 6. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor, the pursuit of death. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue, fleeting vapor, pursuit of death. Does this not apply to everybody? But when we think of those who use this means in their profession, we think of salesmen, we think of lawyers, we think of doctors, we think of politicians. That's what they do. They obtain treasures by lying. 21.23 He who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul from troubles. Yes, it's necessary to guard our own mouths. Sometimes people say, what do you mean? My opinion doesn't matter? Don't you care what I think? The answer should be, he who guards his mouth and his tongue guards his soul from troubles. Should not be quick to burst forth with one's views. 21.28 A false witness will perish, but the man who listens to the truth will speak forever. The talkers now will be stopped. They will perish. They will stop talking. They're only going to have torment and agony like the rich man in Luke 16. But we who restrain ourselves now, and whenever we speak, we speak the truth, 
we're actually going to be speaking forever. They speak now insatiably, incessantly, to their own ruin. But we restrain ourselves now, but we will speak the truth forever, praising God for all eternity, which is the truth. 22, 22, 12, 22, verse 12. The eyes of the Lord preserve knowledge, but he overthrows the words of the treacherous man. God overthrows the treacherous man, the betrayer, who speaks with a forked tongue, who speaks like a snake with a double tongue. God overthrows people like that. 22, verse 14, 22, 14. The mouth of an adulteress is a deep pit. He who is cursed of the Lord will fall into it. Those who commit adultery say, well, it's not adultery. We were both willing. Oh, it's not adultery. My wife said it was okay. It's not adultery because the Bible doesn't call it a sin. It's not a sin if we love each other. It's not a sin. But here it says, anyone who dares to say that is cursed of the Lord. He's cursed of the Lord. 22-21. Let's begin at verse 20. 20-21. Have I not written to you excellent things of counsels and knowledge to make you know the certainty of the words of truth? that you may correctly answer to him who sent you? It is necessary here to know the certainty of the words of truth so that our sender may have an answer. They send us to find out things, send us to investigate, send us, well, you think you know? What do you know? So then we go investigate, we find out, and then we have to report back to them what? The words of truth. We have to be certain and then report back the words of truth. Chapter 23, 23, 23. 23, 23. Buy truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom and instruction and understanding. 23, 33. Your eyes will see strange things and your mind will utter perverse things. Whose eyes will see strange things? Whose mind will utter perverse things? In 23, 29 to 35, it is the drunkard. The drunkard will see bizarre things. The drunkard will think perverse things. The drunkard will speak crooked things. The drunkard. 24, 24, verse 7. 24, 7. Wisdom is too high for a fool. He does not open his mouth in the gate. Wisdom's too high for a fool. The wisdom of the word is too high. He doesn't have anything to say when there is a dispute in the courtroom. That's the gate. In the gate. When there is a dispute, he's got nothing valuable, nothing substantial to say. Because he doesn't have the word of God. 24, 28. 24, 28, and 29. Do not be a witness against your neighbor without cause. And do not deceive with your lips. Do not say, thus I shall do to him as he has done to me. I will render to the man according 
to his work. No, we cannot witness against our neighbor without cause. That would be a false witness. We cannot deceive. That would be a sin. And we cannot even pretend and say, or or, uh, threaten and say, thus I shall do to him as he has done to me. I'm going to pay him back. We can't be those who seek retaliation, personal retaliation. Chapter 25, 25, 18. Well, let's read 25, 11 first. 25, 11 and 12. Like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken in right circumstances. Like an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. We must be ready as picturesque as apples of gold in settings of silver. We have to be prepared with the beautiful words of the beautiful gospel with our beautiful feet. We have to be prepared to be able to share a word in right circumstances, to be able to be a wise reprover, not a foolish reprover, a wise one to a listening ear. 25 and verse 18. Like a club and a sword and a sharp arrow is a man who bears false witness against his neighbor. Here the proverb is describing somebody wielding a club, a sword, and a sharp arrow, and he's just going back and forth in a wild fashion hitting and striking whatever is in his path and not making any sense about what he's doing. That kind of a wild man is the same as a man who bears false witness against his neighbor. He's lashing out and all kinds of absurdities and falsehoods are coming out, bursting out of his mouth uncontrollably like a wild man who has one of these weapons that he is not using in the proper way. Chapter 26, 26, 7, 26, 7. Like the legs which hang down from the lame, so is a proverb in the mouth of fools. 9, verse 9. Like a thorn which falls into the hand of a drunkard, so is a proverb in the mouth of fools. In these two cases, the fool like the drunkard, they have something in their possession, but it becomes a big mess, a big mess to them, like the drunkard. You get a thorn in in the hand of a drunkard. A drunkard is not sober. He's not thinking straight. So what's he going to do when a thorn is in his hand? He might squeeze it and cause himself to bleed. He might throw it somewhere and cause somebody else to get hurt. He might do something. Right? He's not going to do the right thing with it. And that's the way it is with fools and proverbs in their mouth. Chapter 26 and verse 19. Let's actually read 26, 18 to 28. 26, 18. Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, 
so is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, was I not joking? For lack of wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no whisperer, contention quiets down. Like charcoal to hot embers and wood to fire, so is a contentious man to kindle strife. The words of a whisperer are like dainty morsels, and they go down into the innermost parts of the body. Like an earthen vessel overlaid with silver dross are burning lips and a wicked heart. He who hates disguises it with his lips, but he lays up deceit in his heart. When he speaks graciously, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. Though his hatred covers itself with guile or deceit, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. He who digs a pit will fall into it, and he who rolls a stone, it will come back on him. A lying tongue hates those it crushes, and a flattering mouth works ruin. 27, chapter 27, verses 1 and 2. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. Boasting about tomorrow when we don't know what tomorrow entails. And also praise. Let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. I think Proverbs 27.2 eliminates taking pictures of oneself and showing everybody how beautiful you are and how handsome you are. And look what I did. Being giddy about, look what I did. Look what I made. Look what I just finished. Drawing attention to oneself. Praising oneself. 27.6 Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. We don't need deceitful kisses. We need the truth from a faithful friend. 27, ver, uh, no, 29, 29, verse 12. 29, 12. If a ruler pays attention to falsehood, all his ministers become wicked. 29, 14. If a king judges the poor with truth, his throne will be established forever. 29.15, the rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. 29.20, 20. do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. That means he is worse than a fool. If a man is hasty in his words. Chapter 30, 30 verses 5 and 6. 30 verses 5 and 6. Every word of God is tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, lest he reprove you, and you be proved a liar. Do not add to his words? By what? By our own words or the words of some other man. Don't add to the word of God, but keep to it. Faithfully. Verse, verses 7 to 9. 
Two things I asked of you, do not refuse me for, before I die. This is a good prayer. Verse 8, keep deception and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion. Lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be in want and steal and profane the name of my God. Chapter 30, verse 10. Do not slander a slave to his master, lest he curse you and you be found guilty. 30, verse 20. 30, verse 20. We could start at verse 18. 30, 18 to 20. There are three things which are too wonderful for me, for which I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of a ship in the middle of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid. This is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done no wrong. 32, 30, verse 32, 32 to 33. If you have been foolish in exalting yourself, or if you have plotted evil, put your hand on your mouth. For the churning of milk produces butter, and pressing the nose brings forth blood. So the churning of anger produces strife. Chapter now, chapter 31, 8 and 9. 31, 8 and 9. Open your mouth for the dumb or the mute, for the rights of all the unfortunate. Open your mouth, judge righteously, and defend the rights of the afflicted and needy. When we open the mouth for this purpose, it's for the purpose of speaking the truth, wisdom from God. Then 31, 26, 31, 26. This is the godly woman, the excellent wife that is rare to find. 31, 10 says so. And by the way, this is a woman saying this to a man. Verse 1 says, the words of King Lemuel, the oracle which his mother taught him. So the mother tells the son that, verse 10, an excellent wife who can find, for her worth is far above jewels. It's not a man instructing the son, it's the woman, the mother. 31.26 says, She opens her mouth in wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Opens mouth in wisdom, teaches kindness, kindness or loyalty flowing from her lips. Verse 30, verse 30. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. And 31. Give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. When she speaks wisdom, others will notice the wisdom and they will know that this is a God-fearing woman and she'll be praised for it. We must speak the truth, always. We must despise lies. Those who are righteous love the truth. They don't want to hear lies. And that not only do they not want to hear them, it bothers them, it provokes them, it even upsets them and angers them 
that people would speak lies and love lies, that they would follow lies, that everybody would not see the reality as it really is. False teachers and those who follow them are unwilling to comprehend things as they really are. Let's always speak the truth. He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says. Amen.